Praise the Lord. So, so, so. Solving family problems. So they've done the recap. We've watched the recap video, so we know where we are coming from. Why do we refer to the Bible? We refer to the Bible because it's the document of truth. That's the document of truth. One day, David did it wrong. He took the ark without putting it on the shoulders of the priest. No wonder God loved David because when he did it wrong and someone died, the next thing was to go and search the scriptures to know where they did it wrong, where they got it wrong. Because if you get it right, things will go right. So he was looking for where they got it wrong in scriptures. Then they realized, oh, this is where we got it wrong. Then they corrected it and everything corrected. So it's important to understand the document of truth so that when we are referring everything to Bible, you will not say, oh, some things are common sense. The scripture is beyond common sense. You don't use common sense to do surgery. So not everything is common sense. You don't use common sense to build a house. The scripture says by wisdom, a house is built. And wisdom is dealing with specifics. If someone is going to build a house, they should have had um, some speciality in building, knowing where cement should be, knowing where blocks should be. You don't use common sense to do surgery. You say, ah, can't we all cut somebody? Bring us knife. We cut the person. Then the person is going to die in your hand. Then you realize that not everything is common sense. Some things require special and specific knowledge. So the scriptures is where we get this specific knowledge with which we deal with everything that we need to deal with. So when it comes to family problems, I started off by telling you that God is the one who originated family. So if we take God out of the equation, we're going to have a problem. When in scripture, God is mentioned, all right? Same with Satan. When God is mentioned, same with Satan, you have to know whether we are dealing with the person of God or we are dealing with God as an institution because God can be represented in an institution and we'll say, that is God. Let me show you something Jesus said. Go to the book of Matthew. All the Gospels have that account. But let me see what, let's see what Matthew has to say. Matthew chapter 5, start from verse 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thou brother had ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then... Come and offer thy gift. On Sunday, I read this scripture. You know, sometimes in generalization, we can say, oh, let's start from verse 23. In generalization, we can say, so, you know, if you have an issue with your neighbor, go and solve it, and, and you will be, you know, before you come and give your gift. In generalization, because sometimes um, we don't always read the scripture. But let's go to more specifically what actually Jesus is saying. Jesus did not say, if you have an issue with your neighbor, because it's easy to apologize if you have an issue with your neighbor. He said, if your neighbor has an issue with you, that means you think you did not wrong your neighbor. Your neighbor said, you wronged me. He said, apologize. Look at it. Therefore, if if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that thy brother had ought against thee, not you have ought against thy brother. Those who are known in two services, I mean, I know because some of you are from Church 4 and Church 5 and other churches. So you might not really know where I'm coming from. I was talking about the things that the devil uses to clamp God's people. He said, so that Satan might not outwit us. He used to clamp God's people because the person remembers that his brother had ought against him. And sometimes we're looking at, but I was right. And I said, God is not looking at who is right. God's not looking at who is right and who is wrong and who wronged who. God is looking at what he said. So he says, if you bring your gift to the altar and you realize that your brother has ought against you, not you have ought against your brother. So he says, verse 24, he says, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. So on Sunday, I was telling you about, you know, those who are here on Sunday, I was telling them about how, you know, the, the, the devil uses things to outwit us. Now, this is church, so I can give you certain examples. Can you be able to tell if the devil is speaking through someone? Sometimes you require discernment. 
to know that the devil is speaking through this person. Sometimes it's not discernment. Most of the time, you need knowledge of your adversary to know what he is likely to say, to know the things that the devil says. I'll give you an example. Let me say for an example, maybe someone had an outdoor in here. Then pastor said he was going to come for the outdoor in. Then pastor did not come for the outdoor in. Then a church member goes to, to the person maybe a week or two after. Did pastor say he'll come for the outdoor in? He says, yes, he said. Hmm. We all don't know why he didn't come home. But at least he should have come. As somebody who has been going to the church, Wednesday, Sunday, he should have come. You are hearing from the devil. The devil walked to Eve and said, did God say you should not eat this fruit? Beware of questions that come from some brethren. They are to sow dissension in your heart. Any question that creates a hole in authority is after you. It's not after, you. It's not after the question. It's after you. So go to verse 25. Matthew 5, 25. Look at this. He said, agree with thine adversary. Now, what took me here was when I was talking about the Satan or God as an institution. All right? He says, agree with thine adversary quickly whilst thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast in prison. <coughs> Is he saying that the guy cannot pray? Did he say that the guy cannot pray and be delivered? He said, No. He said, Agree with an adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him. Lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge. Why? Because if the matter gets to the judge, the dynamics change. If the matter gets to the police, the dynamics change. If the matter gets to, to an, the institution of God, the dynamics change. It's no longer like it was before. Like, for example, you have an issue with government. You cannot say in the name of Jesus is cancelled because it's not cancelled. You know why? For those of you who are leaders, I've, I've taught you the reason why. The reason is the government is an institution that represents governance. That means representing God. So you can say that is God, but not God the person. It's God the system. So then, because listen, it is government that removed John the Baptist's head. Where was God? So then over there, the conflict is it has become God versus God. So then if God the person is going to override God the system, you will require to plead your case. Because it's not God versus the devil. God versus the devil, we say, come out. This one, the dynamics is different. It's God versus God. The same way, in the institution of family, there is hierarchy. If your father is a drunkard, he's still representing God. Never criticize your father. Most people do what they criticize. They... I'm telling you the truth. I know what I'm saying. Might not be happy with me for, for, for what I'm saying. But I'm dealing with it more of as dealing with a system than I'm dealing with a person because you're in violation. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. Let's start from verse 9. He said, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Verse 10. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Go to Jude. Chapter 1, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, and are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Give it to me in the message. Jude 1, 8, in the message translation. This is exactly the same program of these last infiltrators. I mean, last days. Dirty sex. <laughs> Chai. <laughs> this is the point I want to bring to you. Rule and rulers thrown out. See, if you cannot follow God's system of things, just don't go near some things. I just don't want to say anything. Don't go near some things. So, the family hierarchy is there. The father... The mother, the children. There's no family advisor. You know, that is the reason why 
most of the time you can be really, really advised when you have not yet married. Because once you get there, I'll speak to you, you. The, the whole dynamic changes. So then, how do we solve the family problem? Hmm. Maybe let me just repeat it when I said it the last time. You are God's first concern in that case. I mean, you, as you're sitting in church, you have God's first concern in the case because you need to protect your peace. When you see a tree, all right, when you see a tree bearing fruits, right, that tree is not in a conversation with another tree nearby as to what is going on within the tree. So look at what the scripture says. He said the fruit of the spirit is love. Fruits are not influenced by another person. So mango tree is bearing mango. And if he doesn't bear mango, he's not supposed to ask orange tree, why am I not bearing mango? That you are the one causing me not to bear mango. He said the fruit of the spirit is love. Then he says it's joy. I see peace. Long suffering that means patience. So God is telling you that when you got born again, these particular fruits are in your spirit. You produce them by reason of the fact that you are born again. Nothing should influence them. I could not love this person because nothing should influence that. The person did something to me. So Jesus Christ was the one who, you know, Moses taught an eye for an eye, but Jesus said, he said, love your enemies. You have what it takes to love for your enemies, to, to love your enemies. And he said, even go further. I said, pray for them that are persecuting you. Why? Your, your reaction should be independent of what people have done. I'm very interested in telling you the truth. Should be independent of what people, the, uh, because sometimes, you know, we've got the wrong idea of how things should pan out. Then we, we have expectations that only God knows where they are coming from then we are rushing toward those expectations and they are not met and we are so disappointed. One day I walked to a lady, to, a woman to pray for her. She was about dying. I stretched my hand toward her. I have prayed for many people who were about to die who, who, who did not die. I stretched my hand toward this lady. I prayed for her. I prayed for her. I prayed for her. God said, leave it alone. She will die. I said, God, she will die. I said, I said I, so I thought it was, I was the problem. I thought, no, in the name of Jesus, I needed to speak louder so that it would overcome what was going on inside me. No, Jesus. So I even told the family, I said, she will live. And I walked back. As I was going out, God was telling me, anyway, you spoke but not by me. He said, she'll die. So all the while I was in the house, I was just waiting for the news that she's dead. I was just waiting. Then they called, Pastor, 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 he's dead. We want to go to the mortuary to raise her up. <laughs> you know, listen, their faith was high. Honestly, their faith was up that Pastor said it. Oh, okay, I was not a pastor by then, I was a brother. That pastor, you know, that, he said it. He said it. That means we're going to act our faith because I have shared many testimonies about people who refuse to let their mother die, who refuse to let their father die, who refuse to let their brother die, and who are going back. So these people were going back. I wish I could tell them that she's not coming back. Oh boy, they were so disappointed at the end of the day because they acted every faith they knew. Later I asked God, I said, God, why did she die? I prayed for her. I used the name of Jesus. I spoke in tongues. I somersaulted. I spoke boldly, I spoke soft, I whispered, I, I did everything possible. God said to me, because she kept saying she would die. So I asked the guy, I said, did your mother keep saying she would die? He said, yes, she used to say it. I said, that's why. And he broke down in tears. <laughs> you know, man, I ran to my house. I spoke to my mother. <laughs> I said, say the right thing. I said, say the right thing. When she said the wrong thing, I said, mommy. And I have that relationship with my mom, so I can, I can do that. But if you don't, <laughs> be, be careful of correcting them. Because they are dignities. You don't speak evil of dignities. Because there are people, eh? Those same attitude in the house, that they gossip about their parents, they speak against their parents, that they speak against their father, 
That same attitude, they are now in church and they are doing the same thing to their pastor. Setting themselves up for destruction. The word of God has not renewed their mind. The same attitude. So then, I mentioned in that teaching that I said, if then God wants to bring a permanent change into a family, there's something he will do. And that's what I want to talk about. Are we ready? Lift your hand. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for understanding. Father, I love you. I receive understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. You can see we are ready. Yeah. Genesis, chapter 3. Now, at this time, God is also having a family problem. (laughs) God is having a family problem. Or God has just witnessed a family problem, which is what Adam and Eve have gotten themselves into trouble. So how God solves this family problem will now show us how God solves family problems. Hey, are you here? How God will react to this one will now show us how God solves family problems. Remember what I said concerning Scripture, that Scripture gives us the accuracy in the knowledge of God. So verse 13, all the issues are going on. The Lord God said unto the woman, what is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, okay, think about, think, think about it. When God was addressing this family, where did he start from? Oh, look, where did he start from Eve? Why didn't he go to the serpent? Look at who God is holding responsible for the family problem. He goes to the man. He goes to the head of the institution he placed. 21st century will not destroy our standards of scripture. There's no modern truth. And the Lord God said unto the woman, now he has finished talking to the man, he now comes to the woman. We're about to solve the problem now. What is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go and thus, thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. The devil has been cursed. That's 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. What shall bruise thy head? The seed. And thou shalt bruise his heel. So God's solution is the seed. Why did he say the woman shall bruise your heel or your head and you shall bruise her heel? Because those two people are already out of the equation. The problem is there now. Okay, imagine, imagine, imagine maybe your parents have not paid tithe for 20 years. Then you came to church in 2021, and you start hearing about tithe. You go, so, wow, this is what we are lacking. Then you go, stop paying tithe, stop paying tithe, stop paying tithe. In the desperation, they might respond for a month, two months. They'll go back. Why? 20 years experience of not paying tithe is hard to throw away. So yes, they are praying to God that there should be a change, but let's know what has God answered. Because sometimes God has answered, we don't know God has answered. Listen, sometimes we pray and God has answered, we don't know why, because we don't know the scriptures. Because if we know the scriptures, we know that God has answered. Because sometimes your parents don't know that all their prayers and tears, God has answered. Because God has answered over there. So if you're a carnal person, you're walking by, you would think that the problem is lingering. Oh no, God has already answered. So the answer is, 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 is in God's system. So you need to understand to know that God has answered. So now I will show you how God has answered your family's prayer. And it shall bruise the head and that shall bruise his heel. The principle is the principle of the seed. That is how God has solved the problem. To God, he has, he has solved the problem. So... <laughs> Let's look at the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. And I come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptian oppressed them. And how is God going to answer it? Verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. No. The way we pray 
and expect certain things from God, all right, the way we, we, we react when things are going wrong or we have expectations, all right, all right, this scripture is teaching us something. That the people are praying unto God and probably are expecting that while they were praying unto God, God will just land there, destroy all the, 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 the attacks masters and open the door for them and ask them to go out. No. God said, okay, I heard the cry of Egyptians. Then he goes to Moses and says, Moses, you are going into that place to deliver them. He says, I send thee there to deliver them. He's going to deliver them. But then, don't forget that Moses was one among them. The prayers your parents have been praying, it was you. The answer was you. They don't know. You sitting down here today is actually the answer to the prayers they've been praying for the family to turn around. I'll show you another one. Genesis chapter 45. I'll start from verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, cause every man, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard. Verse 3. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, and they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Verse 5. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Some of them are fighting you for going to church. They don't know it is God who has sent you there. Go ahead. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. Verse 7. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So God saw a famine about to happen and he causes the boy to be sold when he is 17 years. God has seen that there is something about to happen that might destroy all these people. So he takes the boy out. Now, in the physical, you see Joseph as he has been sold. You see Joseph as he's in Potiphar's house. He's serving Potiphar. He's in prison. But if you go look at God's radar and how God is reading it, that's not how God is reading it. God is not seeing a boy who has been sold. He has seen a boy who has been separated from his family to save the family. Now, question is, question is, why can't God use you while you are just bouncing in the family, while you are just there, then you just come out? Because God is not like that. God cannot use a civilization that raised you to change the, the place. Because many things are not according to God's standard and systems over there. God will have to take you out. Some of you don't understand why God connected you to certain people and you found yourself in the house of God and you found yourself becoming a cell leader. Some of you don't understand the reason. It's not just to be a cell leader. God is doing something. If God is permanently going to solve the issue, this will be the system. Why does God have to wait for the small boy to grow before he can use him? Because God is never in a hurry. God would rather spend time on it and do it well. So they are praying for a destiny helper, for somebody to come to the family and change the destiny of the family. They don't know that the boy that they have given birth to. So all the prayers they were praying, what God did by answering the prayer was God took somebody out of the family. So they were praying, they were praying. It's like Moses. Moses was born because of that. He was born to be the deliverer of Israel. So all the time they were praying to come out of Egypt and come out of the oppression, one day a woman gave birth. To God I have answered. But you know, every other person thinks, oh, we wish it would just come easily. We'll just come easily. We'll just come easily. And the deliverance is not happening. The deliverance is not coming. 40 good years, the deliverance has not happened. But God thinks he has answered. Now at 40 years, Moses is born now. But there's a problem. There's a problem. Moses was raised by Pharaoh. God cannot use him. God cannot use him to bring the deliverance. Because he was raised by Pharaoh. He was raised by Pharaoh. So I ask a question. Why can't God just use him? Why can't God just use him? Because, carnally speaking, me, I, I, I like to ask God questions years ago. When I opened the Bible, I said, God, tell us the truth. If he's Pharaoh's son, why can't he just wake up one day? Because he's going to be the next Pharaoh. Let's just wait or kill Pharaoh. He becomes the next Pharaoh. He comes one day, then he brings out a rod and says, Oh, Egyptians, go. 
Go out. Go and be on the... You know, looking at how we are putting the matter, you see that it looks like this is more easier. It is much easier to do this. God, make it make sense, sir. God, don't, don't make it make sense because this is way easier. But you know what? God does not lower his standard to achieve an answer. Does not lower his standard to achieve an answer. So after 40 years, God looked at Moses and said, Guy, you are supposed to be the deliverer. And the guy felt it inside him. And he's trying to help his family. So he sees one Israelite being killed. He tries to help the family. He's trying. He's going to do it. He said, I'm, I'm going to start a certain business. When I start a business, I will train the whole family. So Moses is trying to help the family. He holds one guy, kills the guy. So you want to beat my family. He says, I was going to change the whole family. So he starts. He has started one by one. So he has given his mother 10 CD one day. And he thinks that is it. He thinks that is it. He thinks that is it. Book of Job. Chapter 8. You could see that in the book of Genesis, you will see clearly that God answers things by the principle of the seed, okay? By the principle of the seed. That's how he answers things. And throughout the Bible, principle of the seed. So the seed goes to the ground, then it bears. The seed goes to the ground. So God is not in a hurry. It's the principle of the seed. So the day Moses' father impregnated Moses' mother and Moses came out, God has solved the problem. But they don't know. Why? They would have wished that it would be just some magical act. So look at Job chapter 8 from verse 6. Then, uh, if thou were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee and make thy habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Verse 7. Though thy beginning was small. What is that? Principle of the seed. Then he says, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. So people who want their latter end to increase without regarding the principle of the seed are in wonderland. So the prayer that family is praying, they don't know that God has answered. It is that there are small girl who is running out in the house. And even the girl too doesn't know. Just like Moses did not know. But in his heart, at a point in time, he felt like I must help my family. I must help my family. He starts killing one by one. Then he gets, they're about to arrest him. He runs outside. For 40 good years, the guy is outside. So he was raised in the place for 40 years. God raised him outside for 40 years. That means 40 has canceled 40. Moses is starting on a clean slate. The Bible says in the book of Acts, when Moses was in Egypt, the Bible says he was mighty in word and mighty in deed. I mean, the guy could talk. The guy was a good scientist. By the time God was coming to talk to him, he said, God, I cannot speak. They have canceled his years of experience of talking good until he thinks that, God, I cannot talk again. God said, you cannot talk again? All right, let's start. So, somebody in your whole life, all you knew was, I say what is on my heart. I say what is on my heart. The things on my heart, I must really say. Then now you come to church, you have a cell leader, you cannot say what is on your heart. <laughs> Something is happening, but your heart is paining you, but you cannot say it. The day you say it, you are out of the training. How do you know that God is having an influence on you? When something is happening, say, hey, me first, first. <laughs> first, first, pa. Then you look at yourself and say, hey, me, pa. And I'm calm like this in the midst of this thing. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I see. So the principle of the seed, something is going on. Something is going on. God is trying to solve the problem. God is trying to solve the problem. Then... He goes, same thing, goes to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country. Why? The guy who is going to change the family according to God's standard cannot be there. All of a sudden, your values contradict your family's values. Now you think you should pray in the night. They think you shouldn't pray in the night. Now you think, think about this. You know, for you to know that when God selects somebody, to be the change in the family. In the beginning, the person is very unpopular. As in, he's not really liked. Because so many things he's now introducing will be strange. So then, listen to this. Never forget it. Every destiny has an exit gate. Every God-given destiny has an exit gate. So then, God always presents you the option. Because as you're doing it, some persecution comes. You are, not, you are not supposed to reply your parents wrongly. And you're also not supposed to come out of God's training for you. So then you're in the middle. What do I do? Then, let me tell you, they'll present you an exit gate. 
Every God-given destiny has an exit gate. Let me use David to explain this to you. Listen to this. Before God chose you to do what you are doing, he bypassed nine other people. So the day you say you are not doing it, the one before you is better than you. Because if David said, I will not be the king, there were other people who were taken away, who were better than him and older than him. In fact, his eldest brother was thick, tall, and already looked like a king. That the day David said, I'm not doing it, God will just go over there. So before God selected you to do what you are doing, there was already somebody better than you. That is why every time you leave your assignment, there's someone better than you doing it. Because somebody was already better than you already. It is mercy that chose you. Abraham is about to become a great person. Principle of the seed. But Abraham has been worshipping idols. Abraham has been a man of his own. But God is about to change the race, the humanity, going to change so many things through Abraham. God says, Abraham, get thee out of father's house. To where? God says, just get out. To where? That is why sometimes when God starts a work with you, you really don't know where it's going. Listen, if God starts a work with you, because you know what? The day God is planning to change things permanently in the family and he sent you out of, the fa- of your father's house and he puts you, you know, not, not physically like you've come out of the father's house. It's like you've come into a new family. God has put you in a church now. You've not found yourself in Christ's embassy. Your man of God is Pastor Chris. He's now teaching you the word of God. Many things you did not know before. You now learned about tithing. You learned about first fruit. If you go and tell some of your, your parents, they say, why are you wasting your time in this? Uh, no, everything is contradicting what you learned before. Now you are in a new place. You are learning some new things. Then sometimes it's like you understand what is happening. Sometimes it's like you don't understand what is going on. Because what? The person to change the family has now started a walk with God. As much as we will wish that immediately we came to God, God will immediately start using us to just be changing things in that day. That's not what he's going to do. Immediately you start, what will happen is that now your foc- God's focus is you. So no, God is about to start a walk with you. Then what happens? First of all, you were the seed. Then now God now starts another principle of seed with you. Oga, if you enter a farm nearby, you start pro- plucking the fruits on it. Are you not a thief? So if you enter a future where you did not make any input, are you not a thief? So God has pulled you out. We are starting another walk. And God will begin to teach you. He begin to teach you. Every time as you, you know, some of the teaching will be done by your pastor. Some will be done by some things that you will learn. Some things that you will do and you will not able to finish doing. Then you will learn from that. You, God will begin to teach you because there's no point me teaching you patience. Say, oh, patience is by waiting. No, patience is not by waiting. Patience is when something has really happened to you and you, you, you want to, when God says, hey, be patient. And then you have to be patient. Then there, God is teaching you patience. Then God will make you so, now listen to what I'm about to say so you don't forget it. God will make you begin to sow seeds that are consistent with your destiny. What seeds? Let me say this. I was telling that to someone here. I said 99.9% of the people sitting here, you are in the seed time of your life. So the, the mentality of wanting to make it, it will kill you. 99.9% of people here are in the seed time of their life. What seed? Why do you say seed? Who has started thinking of money? No. You're in the seed time of life. There are seeds of mercy. God will see your future. And if in your future you require mercy, God will need you to show mercy to people at this time of your life. Some people never enter jail, even though they were supposed to enter jail, because when God saw it ahead of time, God made them have mercy on some people. David said it. He said, Lord, as I have shown some mercy, he said, when it is time for me to have mercy, show me mercy. There are seeds of mercy. There are some, there are some people you will help against the future. You know, because, so in life, eh, some people don't understand. God presents you opportunities for seeds. Because he said, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. He said, day and night shall not cease. So as you see day and night, there's no time day came and night never came. As you see day and night, winter and summer, as those things have never failed, the principle of life will be seed time and harvest. He said, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, he said, God is not mocked. It's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he will reap. So there will be seeds. Listen, most of the prayers you are praying today is not for today because they are seeds of prayer. Jesus <laughs> started his ministry and he sows 40 days prayer and fasting. Seed. It's a seed. It's a seed. So to, because he's going to have three years of ministry. 
He begins, first of all, he's, he did that 40, years, 40 days only once in his life. So that was a seed. This thing is going to show up in the rest of the three years. That's the reason why at every beginning of the year we have weeks of prayer. Doesn't mean we will not pray again. No, there's a seed in the ground that authorizes us to have answers to other prayers that we pray within the year. So there are certain prayers you pray. So at this time of your life, don't miss all night. Don't miss church service. You are fooling yourself. Because there are some things they happen in the future. You will pray, you will cast, you will bind, and they will never go away. Why? Because you missed the opportunity to sow that seed. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. Okay, let's start from 17 so you understand it very well. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trusting or setting riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Verse 18. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute. He's talking about giving. He said, willing to communicate. He said, those people should be giving. Why? Why? What's the reason? He said, verse 19. He said, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. Now, some people say, oh, this is talking about heaven. No, because he talks about that they may lay hold on eternal life. He's not talking about heaven because Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And that was on earth. So when he says that they may lay hold on eternal life, what he say? So that the word of God that is written will work. So he says, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. That's why he's telling them to give. I've said this before. I'll say it again. When you get to a time in your life, you need money. You pray. You fast, you confess, you speak, you do everything. Miracle money, miracle sunny, everything. <laughs> Listen, when you, when you do all that and you don't, you don't, the money doesn't come, it means you missed an opportunity to give some years ago or some days ago. So there are some people, you will see them, they say, oh, when I spoke, I said I need $10,000, it came. I spoke, I said I need $100,000, I came. There's a time, there's a time in my life. To, when was it? I think yesterday or today, I was telling Chelsea. I said, when, when LA was buying the land over there, it was the year 2009, all I gave was 150 cities. Because that's all I had. That's all I had. Many years later, it has grown. That seed has grown. That seed has grown. I said, 99.9% .9 of the people sitting here are in the seed time of their life. That's why I said, do not be wary in well-doing. Prayer is well-doing. There are some prayers you, God will make you pray. You don't understand the reason why you are praying them. Pray them. God will be teaching you. God will be teaching you. God will be teaching you. You'll be praying. You'll be praying. Sometimes you'll be walking, you'll be praying. Sometimes you'll be walking, you'll be praying. Sometimes you'll be walking, you'll be praying. You don't know the reason why. It's a seed. It's a seed. It's a seed. Listen, there are people who are, who are still in this place who have followed me for 10 years. Everything we said 10 years ago has come. When we said it, it was a seed. If we didn't say it that time, we'll arrive in a future that we don't want. So when you gather your servant people, speak seeds into your future and stop gossiping. I'm talking about your friend. Rather hold your friend's hand. He said, let's pray into our future. 15 minutes. As you pray, you say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We arrive in a future of prosperity. We, we arrive in a future of health. We arrive in a future of wealth. We arrive in a future of greatness. I've said so many evil things about people. What did you know that you have sown a seed? Then you grow up, five years later, people are speaking evil about you everywhere, and you don't know why. So, oh God. He's not going to do any assembly for you, because you are also speaking evil of people. As you are saying that the Lord says, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Oh God, help me. People are speaking against me. It's a God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth. You don't know God is preaching to you. I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in prosperity. Yeah, sow those seeds. We were very small when I said this is the biggest, the largest, the richest, the most influential church. We were only small. I was sowing seeds. And guess what? This will still be the richest, the largest. I'm the pastor of the richest, the largest, the biggest, the most influential congregation in the whole of the nation of Ghana. Many of you all over, will be all over the nation of Ghana and all over the world taking our big positions, becoming influential. Sow those seeds into your future. They might not appear in five years, but they will definitely show up. Might not look like there's a seed because a farmer who 
to the seed in the ground. Immediately, it doesn't look like he's a correct farmer. Why his seed is so small? Two years later, it's still small. Three years later, it's still small. After five years, then you see a tree, then you call him a farmer. Don't let anybody look down what you do in the house of God. You can't talk me out of this thing. You can't talk me out of it. When we did not see anything, we still did it. How much more we are seeing something now? the farmer who put the seed in the ground and was not seeing anything after five years when he sees a tree he will go and look for more seeds and put it in the ground and he will say I even wish I put more seeds last year the principle of the seed he said though your beginning was small so it looks small it looks small it looks small So yet, the latter end shall greatly increase. Shall greatly increase. I'm walking in the path of success. I'm walking in the path of victory. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 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 I shall not want man balaba. My future is full. It's full of prosperity. It's full of glory. Man ya. I shall not want man kosekata. Ratoka baba 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 baba. la kosa. Yetekele baba baba. Some people say. Some people say. Oh, but you. Like, we knew him years ago. What they didn't know about me was that I was sowing seeds. They thought we were all there. They didn't know I had seeds in the earth. God does not want you to be like your mates. He wants you to put seeds into the ground. God does not perform magic. He does not perform magic. Remove that from your mind. Remove that from your mind. It's not perform magic. Put seeds in the earth. God intentionally brought you to the house of God. Why? He's teaching you something. He's teaching you something you something the small small miracle monies you are receiving that's not the main thing God is trying to encourage you the miracle money is not the main thing God is encouraging you because the main thing no no think about it think about it think about it imagine you were Peter's wife and Peter has left his fishing job he said he's following a certain man called Jesus does Jesus pay him salary no God bless Peter's wife. Because the Bible never said that his wife worried him. I'm sure his wife left him. <laughs> but you know what? Peter, Peter's wife one time was, was not feeling well. And Jesus went to pray for the. The Bible says that he even fed Jesus Christ. He said they gave food to Jesus Christ. They ministered to him. When the Bible said they ministered to him, it's not, they didn't pray for him. Real ministration, that's ministration. Man, there were some three ladies with Jesus. The Bible says they ministered to him of their substance. There are special people like that. God will say that you minister to the man of God. <laughs> Listen, Peter's wife tried. Because for your husband to stop, he's not receiving salary. How is he bringing money home? And what's he doing? A grown man. A grown man who should have a mind of his own. In fact, it's so serious that Jesus now spoke to your husband anyhow. Deadly behind me, Satan. He said, my husband, you, have, you tell your husband, you, you, you have lost your mind following this small boy all around the place. When you check history, when you check the way it was, Peter was likely to be older than Jesus. Peter was likely to be, it's John, John and James who were likely to be teenagers. Imagine that you are in the same group with teenagers. <laughs> when they say group teenage, then one day they are calling you Satan. <laughs> you think that was going on with you? But ladies and gentlemen, three years later, Mata Kabaya, your husband is walking on the streets and his shadow is healing the sick. Hey! Mataka. All the time he was following Jesus, he was sowing seeds. Sowing seeds. Don't let anybody beguile you. Don't let anybody beguile you. You are doing the right thing. You are doing the right thing. Then there are seeds of prayer. There are seeds of the word of God. There are seeds of faith that you put into the future. Listen. Listen. 
your givings in the house of God are for different things. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 11. Of verse 1. Same principle of the seed. Cast thy bread upon the waters. Put it on the waters. Say, cast thy bread on the waters. Thou shalt find it after many days. Ah, if I shall find it after many days, why am I casting up on the waters? Why don't I just keep it? Are you seeing? He will explain it better in verse 2. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Okay. There are some of us, let me tell you something. No matter what comes into the economy, we have seeds in the past. And God made us sow those seeds because of what was coming. He said, give a portion to seven and also to eight. Let me explain this to you. Let me explain this to you. You see that sometimes you are giving him. He said, today, give for rhapsody. You give for rhapsody. Tomorrow, we are giving to pastor. We are giving to pastor. Tomorrow, we are giving to venue. We are giving to venue. Tomorrow, you are giving to this. Tomorrow, you are giving to this. That's the scripture. Because all givings don't do the same thing. All givings don't do the same thing. And because God has seen your future. And listen to me. Because God has seen your future. God will never talk to you about something that's not in your future. He has seen your future, so he says, okay, you know what? He's not even going to show you what's in the future. He's going to come to you and say, you know what? Give it to this. Give it to that. I'm wondering why. And I said, it is seed time. You might not see anything. Go, go, go ahead and do it. If the word of God is true, why should we shake? Give a portion to seven. Also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Listen, I gave a seed many years ago. One day, hmm? one day, something happened. You know what I did? A, a, a mighty miracle happened. Then the Holy Ghost told me, that seed you gave in 2014, that's the reason. One day you were sharing a testimony with me when you went to Morocco, right? You were sharing a testimony with me. Give me a microphone. Let him share it. At a point in your life when you came to church, you were living in a kiosk. Yes, sir. But you kept coming to church. Yes, sir. Right? And yes, what happened? So, we were, this was the time we were going to the schools, the love world clubs. And uh, I went to, let me start from Morocco to the testimony. So, at a point in time, I wasn't working. I was laid off. And suddenly i got a job dramatically there's not a day to share that testimony dramatically I, my phone that my phone was actually off and i put it back i was just trying i put it back on and i got a call i come for an interview so so and so did and the lady hanged up the call and the phone went back off dramatically so i got a job and the next three weeks i was on a plane going to Morocco for a job training. I got to Morocco. I was in shock and I was crying that day. Like, what happened? Then God said, it's because of this. What is this? We, well, this particular day, we were sending Rhapsodies to the schools. It was, we had, it was reach out time. At that time, we have it during um, the 1st July. So we were sending rhapsodies to the schools. So my route was from in Sawam, the secondary school in Sawam. And out from in Sawam, I'll take a car to Suhum. There's a secondary school in Suhum. Then from Suhum, I'll go to Koforidia, like 45 minutes drive. Then from Koforidia, I'll come back to Accra. And the rhapsodies had poured on the, the box. The box had scattered. So I had to get a Ghana mask go and carry it on my head. So in Kofredi, I was taking this uh, Ghana Mass go to uh, New Job in secondary school. And I was so happy. I was taking a selfie at that time. It was not, so you have to turn the phone. 
this way. And I took a picture. That was the exact picture the Lord showed me. I said, God, he said, this is why I'm doing this for you. This is why. And I just saw when I was taking the picture with the rhapsodies on my head. To you all praises be. Thank you. To you all praises be. Only potent Father. Present to you all praises be to you all praises be. Listen, give the portion to seven, also to eight, for you don't know the evil that will come upon the earth. God knows what he's doing. So whatever you do in the house of God, do it with joy. Do it with joy. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Do thy beginning be small. Thy latter end shall greatly increase. Lift your hand and begin to speak in the Holy Spirit.